the marinade. There's no O in marinade. Let's try it one more time. Ready? One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs> the marinade. Marrow. Marrow. Marinade. Bone marinade. The marinade. The marinade. With Jason Earl. Welcome to The Marinade with Jason Earl, a free-flowing conversation about the creative process with creative people. This is episode 94, and our guest is J.W. Francis. J.W. Francis is a singer and songwriter whose latest record, Wander Kid, comes out on October 1st. While Francis's home is technically New York, as you will hear in this conversation, he is a man of the world, and that is what you get from Wander Kid. It's a polyphonic record. It sounds like New York, but feels at home all over the place. We caught up with JW while he was through hiking the Appalachian Trail. This conversation was such a delight, y'all. I'm so excited to bring it to you. Everyone, my conversation with JW Francis. sound great too oh my goodness what a perfect you have your headlamp and your i presumably in your tent yeah and how many yeah. how many uh how many toenails do you have left uh well uh most of them <laughs> <laughs> they usually fall off later anyway yeah man thank you so much for doing this dude thanks for having me this is this is great yeah, this is exciting. Very cool. Well, um, hi, it's so nice to meet you. And, and it's so nice to get a chance to talk to you. I want to talk about so much, man. I'm, I'm an avid hiker. And so I want to pick your brain about the AT and everything later. But yeah. dude, I've been listening to your record. I just it hit me. It hit <laughs> me in a way that like, it's like a fresh sound to me. It's something just so, so new, even though it is rooted in things that I know and it's familiar in ways, but it just hit me in, in, in a way that I, I haven't heard anything hit me in a while. And so I'm just so excited to dive in. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Hey man. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've just been listening to it constantly, dude. It's just been, uh, I, I ordered the vinyl and, um, CD pre-order of the package. Please. I know, I know. I'm stoked. I'm stoked. And and I'm so glad you did that too. Cause like I love having my vinyl copy for home. And then I like having my CD for my trips on, you know, for my Walkman. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my disc man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So anyway, let's dive right in. Um, so let's talk about Wander Kid. Who is Wander Kid? How did this character come into your consciousness? What, how did all this start? Well, it kind of comes like a song. It just comes all at once. Actually, I remember like, like kind of like a, it was, it was like a cliche movie scene where like I grabbed like a piece of paper and I was like, hold on, hold on. And I like wrote the, like Wonder Kid in all caps and showed it to my roommate. And I was like, does this make sense to you? 
he was like yeah it's kind of cool and i was like yeah it's all caps it's one word wonder kid it's like just you, you get it <laughs> like i don't even want to put it in words like because it's hard but yeah it kind of it kind of came at a point um when i just wanted to get out and i wanted to i mean yeah want, i wanted to be like a child wandering around uh i guess is the best way to put it but the funny thing about this album is that i wanted to live it out and i kind of like want to make this a thing of my other albums too it's way more fun to like write the album and then actually live it so this album was about quitting my job just getting rid of everything going out get like getting out of my life basically and uh and then i did that <laughs> wow in the rain <laughs> oh that's amazing man so what, what can can you kind of take us back to that moment like what are you do you have like a desk job are you like bartending yeah. what, what are you doing at the time well it was actually an amazing it was an amazing like day job to have i was working for my hero joseph stiglitz who's this economist like two nobel prize winning inequality economist so yeah it was it was interesting he was my hero in college and then i just kind of ended up being his right hand man and it was a little like double words prada um <laughs> like doing research on numbers i was like getting i wasn't like get, well sometimes i would get his coffee but i was like getting his flights and just like setting up his life and it was cool because he was like meeting with like you know the president of ethiopia and stuff and it was just like really cool to see how and i studied economics so it was interesting to see how it actually plays out um like in terms of like people going to an economist like a like they're a wizard and being like tell me how my economy how to make my economy go good <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah so that was like a path in life that i was thinking about but it was always music. I always knew I wanted to do music, but, um, but yeah, Wonder Kid was really like, man, yeah, I'm supposed to not be, you know, I'm supposed to be somewhere else. You know, everyone feels that, you know, you're supposed to be, yeah. you're, supposed to be there. you're supposed to be somewhere else. Is that, is that the sound of the rain hitting your tent? Are you in your tent right now? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. This is the best. This is by far the best podcast recording ever. I'm so excited to get into this. Uh, all right. So, you're there, you're working for this economist who's a bit of a hero of yours. And what does the the creative process, like how does that fit in in that life? Because like when my brain thinks economics, it does not necessarily think songwriting. So like yeah. what, how, how do those worlds coexist? Well, I'm all, I've always loved to like wear a lot of hats. So I always saw it as like another hat that I had on. I never even really thought of it as like intersecting in any way with my music. So I was in a bunch of bands throughout that whole job. And I was just like always the guy in the band that wanted to do it the most. <laughs> I was like, so yeah, this whole solo project was kind of a birth of that of like, I know exactly what I like. I write a billion songs a day. I just want to like put something out there that I like that I think people will like. Yeah. So, you say you write a billion songs a day. Is that all up yeah. here, or are you sitting down to do the work? Like, how? What does that process look like? It's definitely mostly up in my head, but then sometimes I love to just let it spill out, and it's and it's like it's fun to do it in um, in little uh, like project based ways. Is kind of how I do well, how anybody does stuff. But like for example, for Valentine's Day, like six weeks before Valentine's Day. I'll put out a call on Instagram and I'll say, Hey, I will write a song for your Valentine. If you just give me their name and the reason that you love them free of charge, whatever, let's go. And so I got like 40 requests the first year I did it, 80 requests the second year I did it. And uh, last year it was like, I think 110 or something like that request. And just like, so I love to just like sit down and like be like, Rachel, you know, or, or whatever it is, you know. Like. <laughs> but yeah, because like, yeah, no problem. I got to like write a song like that. <laughs> okay, so you, you, it sounds like you're not a you're not a guy who struggles with like writer's block or 
any sort no. of no no i i mean i understand it for sure I, i've definitely been in like moods where i'm like i'm just like too sad to write or something like that or avoid mm-hmm. play or whatever but i kind of feel like once you once you get in the groove you kind of realize you can kind of pull them out of thin air or like they're always there like you just kind of got to listen you gotta get to listen for it well and again i guess that kind of comes back to the question i was asking about when you're this is a theme throughout uh, my conversations with artists is like mm-hmm. if if you're doing that day job work how and that song's there because so for example wonder kid came out in a fury it sounds like and so mm-hmm. what if you were like going to get my man some coffee and then it needed to come out in a fury is it going to stay there or like how do you balance that mm. well it comes out i usually i mean the real pragmatic process <clears throat> is like i open up voice memos on my phone it cut like and i'm like or whatever it is <laughs> and like go back and if, which, if it's which re- track on the album was that <laughs> i don't uh, recognize that one <laughs> that, that one's coming that's what that's on the next album okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah i'll take that sometimes i'll literally just drop whatever i'm doing <laughs> like literally i'll be with a friend and i'll be like sorry dude i gotta go <laughs> like, mm-hmm. um but no voice memo and then at night whenever i was done working on whatever i just open up my voice memos and open up logic or yeah i i use i use logic and um just kind of figure out what the hell i was doing about and um kind of go from there is that you with a piano and a guitar or like what what is what does the granular look like I got a little rack next to me, and it's got a Hopner bass. It's got uh, a Duosonic Strat guitar. It's got an Epiphone SG for when you want that like warmer kind of stuff. It's got a Tysco. I got way too many guitars. A Tysco, and I want like a really shitty sound. Um, and then a little MIDI keyboard for making drums. And in my last apartment, I had a little Questlove kit, and that was sick um but now i've just got this little midi keyboard okay so you get home do you have the are do you you have like the emotional and creative capital when you get home to create uh, or when you get home from that day job kind of work or i mean it could be anything it doesn't have to be the day job kind of work in any kind of mm-hmm. whatever that day was like for you do you still have that there that energy and that creative and emotional capital to make that music i have been blessed with way too much energy (laughs) so yeah i do i guess like one thing now is like the this new lifestyle i've been living which is hiking 20 miles a day Mm -hmm. without a guitar or a laptop that is one thing i'm kind of hurting for is like i need a guitar and at least a guitar and a laptop to really like get the music out of my system um and i don't really have a lot of energy after hiking 20 miles but doing a desk job mm-hmm. I yeah i was like i could run i could yeah i could i could do some music <laughs> that's really interesting i think so we can kind of start to to venture into the hiking thing just because it again i want to nerd out a little bit about it because i i I've, I've done sections of the at i did nice. springer, springer mountain to blood mountain no way yeah in like december seven, seven degrees like it was my very first experience and i had like my buddy's walmart hiking boots that were like two sizes too big and i just icicles on my face i had like it was seven degrees and i had like a 20 degree bag and just everything that could go wrong went wrong and i was like well i'm fucking hooked (laughs) you know and then i've done um my buddy and I go um, every year. We just went, just got back from Montana. We did about forty-five miles in Glacier, okay. and um, we did a few years ago. We did the White Mountains up in New Hampshire and Vermont, and then we did just Katahdin one day. So we just did wow. like just Katahdin. Um, but man, you got some gorgeous scenery <laughs> ahead of you, <laughs> and some really hard fucking hiking, as I'm sure you know. Here it all. It's like wait for the whites, just wait for the whites, dude. It's just up 
and down <laughs> and up and down and no switchbacks and roots and rocks, but you got this. Um, but, but I think like the thing about, about that is I tend to, and I'm curious how you feel about this in terms of your, your creative process on the trail is that when I'm in the back country, um, mm. I, I, I don't necessarily think about a lot of, um, I don't get a lot of deep thoughts necessarily. Cause I'm just like, I got to put one foot in front of the other and I need to find out where I need to camp. And I kind of re revert back to the base needs that I have. And right. that comes, what that does is that it does nurture something for me in terms of, I make promises to myself about when I get off the trail, there are certain base things about me that I want to kind of address. And that tends to come out in my writing, at least for a little while. Mm. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> it's definitely gotten me back to, it's definitely reset me in a way, like you're saying, like, bring it back to what you need and just kind of remind yourself that your body is kind of a stupid machine that <laughs> like needs like water and calories. And it's like, you, someone said like, you're a, you're a house plant with more complicated emotions. Like, <laughs> you know, I really, observe my mental state change so much just due to not having water or <laughs> not having mm -hmm. food or just like little things you know and you're like it really affects you so honestly I, yeah i was kind of getting into this whole i was like meditating probably like six or seven months leading up to the my hike <clears throat> like really getting into that and just kind of realizing how much I could manipulate my brain with just like thinking an image or like saying something to myself. Um, and now it's this whole experience has kind of reinforced how much, how like simple it really is in terms of like staying happy and healthy. And what I mean, healthy is a whole nother thing, but you know, mm -hmm. just like drinking water and going for walks and like eating and you know, what a lot of people learn throughout, you know, getting shut down quarantine and everything too but this is like an kind of an extreme version of it like all i do is take walks <laughs> man that's interesting especially as i and, and maybe maybe i don't know wander kid as well as i think i know him from listening to him 700 times mm -hmm. in the last couple of weeks and i really <laughs> have like had it on repeat man but but the character in the record mm -hmm. seems almost like um i was thinking about it as i was listening to it again today there's there are moments where wander kid seems pretty content. So that meditative kind of, uh, sense. And then there are lots of moments where wander kid seems not at all. Okay. With what's going yeah. on, like really restless, um, and, and, and longing and, yeah. you know, yeah. so like, I, I'm wondering if, if that's something you were conscious of, or that's me projecting onto it. No, totally. That's it's, <clears throat> that's kind of the whole vibe of the record is like i'm a, on the one hand a very like happy content person pretty much wherever i am but at the same time i i and I, this is something i realized out here is that i'm always longing for something else to be somewhere else to be someone else but at like whenever i had my day job i was dreaming of the trail and longing and whenever i'm out here you know all i'm thinking about or like something, you know, like air conditioning or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I realized, like, I'm never not long. <laughs> so, like, I might, you know, might as well accept it and go with it and, you know, acknowledge it at least. Well, that's the end goal, right? I mean, that's what meditation is designed to do anyway, is like, don't judge those thoughts and don't judge yeah. those feelings and just accept them for what they are. And the trail brings that out. Um, but I think music, I think music is similar, mm -hmm. you know, for me, I, I never pick up my guitar and think I shouldn't have done that. And I never go for a hike and think I shouldn't have done that. Even though something might come up that I wasn't ready for necessarily, it's mm -hmm. never, uh, I, I never regret that experience. Right. There's no real like wrong steps on this trail. Like mm -hmm. kind of like there's no real wrong notes, you know, it's just, it's just all music, baby. It's just all walking. That's great. You you have this wonderful uh I, I don't know if it's not necessarily a regular blog you're keeping, but you have like mm. you wrote up some, you know, something about your experiences and you said on mm. that 
that there are two types of people on the Appalachian trail. There's people looking for advice and there's people looking to give it. Mm -hmm. Um, which one are you? I, it's funny because I feel like everybody starts in one category and ends up in another. And I 100% came out here looking for advice, like having no idea what I was doing, whatever. And all the time I find myself now like telling people like, oh, you should like, you should consider this, you should consider that or whatever. Like, so yeah, I'm still looking for advice, but I find myself giving it a lot too. And <laughs> that's great. Are there, I, one of the things that about hiking that I love is that there are transferable lessons and are there transferable <laughs> lessons in that for you, especially in your creative process? Yeah. hundred, like I think about that all the time while I'm walking, like, <clears throat> I feel like anything, like anything I want to do in life now, I can kind of treat like the trail mm -hmm. in the sense of like, I just have to do it every day <laughs> and like work on it. And like, and it's not even like, I mean, obviously it's a lot of effort, but like with the trail, like, you know, exactly what to do. You just keep moving forward. And it's the same, honestly, with music, like you can get blocked, but you know that if you just keep banging your head against the piano or whatever if you just stay there and keep doing it it's going to come out or something's going to happen man that's great well the other thing that so another one of those parallels and this is something like i said i just just got back from montana just a couple weeks ago and mm -hmm. um every time and it never has this been more apparent what i'm about to say than when i was on the at up in um up in New Hampshire, mm -hmm. but that the trail angels, which you allude to and oh, yeah. about directly and then trail magic, you know, mm -hmm. that happens along the trail though, that feeling. So let's kind of talk about it that for a second, because folks listening may not know what we're talking about, but then also yeah. I, I try to bring that, that mentality, the mm -hmm. trail magic mentality back into my life when I get mm -hmm. back. And mm -hmm. so, and that can be very hard to do with because you're bombarded with so many things. So let's kind of like examine the trail magic that you've experienced and the trail angels you've come across mm. and then maybe talk about how that might transfer into your life later. Totally. So, oh yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know, trail magic is free stuff that you get on trail, basically like free food or free supplies, what have you trail angels are usually the people that provide drive up and down and well, just there to help and they're just there to help you get through your hike um i've had some pretty beautiful experiences honestly it gives you so much faith in humanity especially after you're like with all the people that like give you some so this person <clears throat> i got like severely dehydrated one day in Pennsylvania, there was it was a it was just a totally dry stretch, uh, and the water was contaminated with zinc, so we couldn't drink it. So we'd done twelve mile, twenty two mile day. Anyway, halfway through, I was like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And we had to, we found a road, road walk for a mile and a half. Ended up at this tavern, and the owner of the tavern comes over. So he wasn't actually like particularly a trail angel but this was just some amazing trail magic he sits at the table and he's like you look like you're out of sorts how about you just like pitch your tent in my backyard here like you'll be taken care of and then soon enough like the table next to us had heard that we were through hikers and whatever they put 25 dollars on our tab and they were like you know give it everyone they were asking for bear stories and all that kind of good stuff um but yeah it was just amazing it was amazing to see that um and also like you i have been living in new york city for the past eight years and there were like nra stickers and stuff all over this guy's truck and like before we walked in i was like i don't know about this place and my friend was like well you you know you have to drink water to survive so we have to take you in here um and it was it just ended up being like the most like beautiful amazing experience oh but, my um, goodness but taking that I know. Taking that back into real life, well, one other interesting kind of funny thing that happened was, like, the next morning, they were like, let us make you coffee. Let us drive you back to the trail. And we're sitting there, and they've got Fox News on. 
and there and i was like oh gosh and like there's this thing about the la homelessness crisis and uh this guy like wraps his knuckles against the bar and he's like no one in this country should be homeless no one in the country should be hungry and i'm just like damn like this guy is sounding kind of socialist like (laughs) 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 but like it just kind of struck me like that people have like really uh like the same fundamental good like kindness of like wanting to help other people even though like they might have like nra stickers on their truck and stuff you know (laughs) like (laughs) dude my hiking buddy is a trumper and Mm -hmm. uh so i will go in the back country with a man who voted for donald trump twice Mm -hmm. and um this is probably gonna shock you but i'm not (laughs) 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 and uh and it's so interesting because again it's hard it's hard to you know to 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 see someone with the nra sticker and to see them watching fox news and Mm -hmm. not and not immediately project onto them well if you're listening to this shit and you 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 have to be a bad person right like you (laughs) have to be a terrible individual and and my, my hiking buddy is like one of the sweetest and smartest he's a chemical engineer he's a fucking genius and one of the smartest people I know, I've known him for 20 plus years. Um, he's got a wonderful family. He's a great dad. He's a great husband to his wife. Like he's just a good man. And it doesn't make any sense to me that he's fallen for the propaganda the way he has, but getting in the back country with somebody, all that shit melts away. Yeah. It's just, are we going to get eaten by this bear or not? <laughs> yeah. Literally is the bear going to jump on our back or not? <laughs> you know and figuratively is the bear going to jump on our back or not and if it happens are we going to be there for each other and it all right. melts away and you just right. have to to be there together yeah and especially when you're through hiking because just everyone's just going north like so you don't even yeah you don't even mention politics like which is great <laughs> yeah yeah man where are you right now I'm actually in Connecticut now, so I've made it almost 1,500 miles. Oh, my goodness. You've made some serious progress. I was going to ask you about that. So, like, when you get off the trail, if Mm. I understand your schedule right, you're going to go on tour almost immediately. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck, dude? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I'm trying to, like, hurry up right now. That's why I'm doing, like, 20-mile days because I'm just, like, I want at least like you know a week to like just like lay down and drink chocolate milk, you know. Because I heard that yeah, I've heard some some not great stories of of people like going back to real life after through hiking, like just living out here for five months will just kind of change your brain. <laughs> like a hundred percent. I mean, even being being out in the back country for five or six days, the way my buddy and I do it, when I come yeah. back, I'm I'm rewired. Yeah. So, do it for five months and for folks listening if you don't know how long a 20 mile day is it is a serious fucking <laughs> hike like he's doing that's we did like 20 my buddy and i'll do it every once in a while but we're only doing it for three days you know and we'll do one of those is 20 miles we just did in glacier we did uh like a 14 mile day the first day and i looked at him when we got to camp i was like dude we are too old Let's do 10 <laughs> mile days. 10 miles is a, is a good, and let's get to camp and like watch the deer run around us. And like, yeah, 20 it's miles always, is just hustling. It's just hustling. There's no enjoy. Like it's just, it's wake of a six hike, like getting the camp before dark, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know. well, so when you get off the, Okay, maybe you don't want to think about that too much, because I like, <laughs> but but I am curious what the what the live what this record's gonna look like live, because the way oh, you yeah. describe the process, it seems like it's a pretty solitary, creative process for you. So what does that look like if you're gonna perform these songs? Because, I mean, there's a lot going on. I mean, they're not like orchestral, but right. How are you yeah. gonna make that come to life? Well. I've got a great drummer, so that helps a lot. And the, the thing that really, and the, yeah, the real secret sauce of doing it live is having Emily Skoros. She's my uh, keyboardist who also does like shaker and percussion. 
because I mean, anybody who listens to record, you're hey, there's like a lot of drum stuff going on, and that's like Mr. <clears throat> Sahil, who is just all about fakers, and the, he has like a whole room of like fun things that make noise, you know. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, it'll be like a five a five piece band at least in new york we'll see in the uk um i'm kind of like doing uh this funny thing you know chuck berry used to like get in a car and like ride from town to town and just like make a new band in every town because it was cheaper than uh carrying around four people <laughs> apparently uh. right go to the uk yeah i'm like setting up a little band because i was like i really want to bring all the people in new york but that's a lot of plane tickets <laughs> Do you know yeah. folks over there that you could hook yeah. up with? Yeah, I know some people, so it'll be it'll be fun. And then that's I've done it before, and it's I love playing with new people because it makes it very, di- especially when you get jazzy people, like they they make it like crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So why tour the UK first? Man, I'm doing a reverse British invasion. i'm trying to to do that thing where you're american and you go over to england and they're like "Woo, we love it and then you come back to america and america's like well i guess of england like so we better like you know like (laughs) strokes did that like kind of thing oh man there's so much about this record isn't the strokes but there's so much about it that makes me feel nostalgic for when i discovered the strokes that was one of the things that came out quite a bit Oh yeah. 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 That's, I mean, that I feel very dissatisfied about. I mean, like the, is this, it was like my, I had like a CD alarm clock. Um, so it would like start playing like track one, uh, to wake me up every morning. So yeah, is this, it was that CD. So it would always start with. Wow. Is that in? Is that when you're in Oklahoma at that time? Are you? St- are you? Is that about that age? Yeah, and I was yeah, really little. So, what about like it, you seem to have lived in several places, but you've been in New York for quite some time, and mm-hmm. now now you're you're the Wander Kid. So, what? Yeah. Like, how much does place inform your creative process, and how important is place to you? Oh, dude, place is so important to me. It's probably besides people. Yeah, people number one, place number two, probably I'd say in terms of creative like influences. Yeah, New York, like I'm just like really receptive. I feel like I'm very porous to vibes. <laughs> I just, like kind of like get the energy of a place in me. So New York made me like have a lot of energy, um, <laughs> like kind of manic, um, but in a great way. I got a lot done. Um, but I also, yeah, I felt like it was time to go experience something else because i love new york and so much so that like i like i got there and i was like i need to know everything about this place and i got my tour guide license actually i became a tour guide um cool but new york love i love new york but definitely new york thinks it's the world kind of like in a way like everything's there and i just kind of wanted to like get out (laughs) yeah yeah so are you do you you got out that's for sure do you think you'll go back i mean is that the plan or do you have a plan the plan is to live this vagabond lifestyle because got a little got this little tour in the fall they're talking about a tour in the spring i've already got another record like written and Mm. almost ready to go (laughs) for the third one so I'm trying to like release that next year and probably tour around that. I mean, I don't know. I'm also like living in the woods and someone told me about the Delta variant the other day and I was like, Oh no. <laughs> I was going to ask you, I didn't want to, I didn't want to push too much if you didn't know, cause I want you to enjoy yourself. But how much do you know about the fuckery that's, <laughs> that awaits you? <laughs> don't know anything. And I'm like, yeah. In, I, when I left the world, everyone was wearing masks and everything like that. So if I come back and everyone's wearing masks, and I'll I'll be like, oh, this is where I left it. Like, <laughs> yeah, we we were in we were on the trail. So let's see, we hiked the last week of July. We came off the trail on in Glacier mm. on August first. We were only we we're only out there four days. Mm. We came off the trail, and uh, when we left, everything was like 
normal, right? Like it, it wasn't right. normal, but things were returning to some semblance of normalcy. And then, um, in Glacier, when we got back, there were signs all over. We had this, like, we came out on a kind of a front country campsite there, campground that didn't have, um, it didn't have Wi-Fi or anything like that. So, but it was, you know, there were bathrooms and a restaurant. You could get a, you know, a beer or whatever. Yeah. Buy t-shirts. And <laughs> so we, we go in this restaurant and there's this just signs everywhere that say, starting tomorrow face masks required throughout the park and when oh we when we left it was like if you're vaccinated cool and no one was wearing masks and then that <laughs> when we came off the trail four days later it was like the world was on fire again <laughs> and and not only that like the the metaphor of the world like the figurative the world is on fire but all of montana was on like actually oh. burning you know <laughs> See? Fuck, man. Get me back out there. Get me back in the back country. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'm in Florida. So, like, it, we're, it, it's as bad as it gets here. Um, I was going to the epicenter. Yeah, we're, we're, we're problematic. <laughs> I'm not. I don't think. I'm trying to be okay. You know, I'm at home right now. So, <laughs> I'm at home all day, baby. <laughs> um, all right. So, so, you got still, you still, you're in Connecticut. You've still got quite yeah. a bit of trail left, but you're getting pretty close. You're not, I mean, yeah. you've done the bulk of it. Right. Yeah. Two thirds. Awesome. Um, when you get into, um, I wish I knew exactly where this was, but the mm. trail magicians will, will allow it to happen for you. I'm sure there's mm -hmm. this spot in like, um, uh, somewhere in New Hampshire, just across the border from Vermont, I believe, if I remember correctly. And there's a sign. I hope you run into this guy. It's, it's a, it has a, like a cartoon picture of this guy's face, and it says, Bill. And it says, and there's like a musical note. And it says, Bill's ice cream brings all the hikers to the yard. They're like, it's better than yours. Like it, your brain immediately does Khaleesi's milkshake right. as you're reading it, right? And there's an arrow pointing up the hill. And then this guy, Bill, lives up on the hill and is this angel. And so he, you know, you, you can fill up your water there and he'll give you what? some ice cream and everything. And what? if you, he's got a banjo, and if you can play, if you'll play him a song on his banjo, he'll give you a beer. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I hope I you run into Bill because that was one of the highlights. Like, of that stretch because you know that stretch is pretty fucking hard and then right. you you get there and and you, you see that sign and it's just it's irresistible it's this like cartoon <laughs> picture of his smiling face <laughs> but if you put a song on his banjo he'll give you a beer that's awesome okay i gotta quickly learn banjo <laughs> i'm sure you can fake it my buddy was yeah. All three of us kind of fake our way through guitar, and my buddy's a little <laughs> bit better than the, the other two, and so he just kind of <laughs> faked his way through. Bill's not real picky. He's got a he's got a cartoon sign on the trail that says, "His ice cream brings all the hikers to the yard." Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, this has been so, so much fun. The, uh, the, the question we kind of usually end on, and sometimes that ends up leading us to other places, but I, I want to make sure you get a chance to get plenty of sleep tonight. And I know it's late and you got to be tired, but we, we always talk about the, the art that is inspiring you at the moment. And I'm especially interested as you're on the trail and going through this life transition or whatever's going on and your records coming out while you're hiking, it's just it's singles bad. coming out while you're hiking. Like what a fascinating time in your life to be doing the things that you're doing. What art has you inspired? Is there like a book you've been reading or a record you've been listening to or whatever it might be? I really, I've got, I've had the classics on while I've been out here. I keep going back to Joni Mitchell's blue, mm. like that's kind of my go-to out here. Like, yeah, like anything like soft acoustic, like um, Jackson Frank, Bobby D, Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, John Fahey, all that like, kind of like, yeah, acoustic, soft kind of stuff, man. 
walking around the woods you know you just feel like you're like yes this is exactly what this <laughs> this is for you know mm-hmm. uh, yeah i've just been honestly the most inspiring thing recently has been my memories as i was dreaming i was having crazy i've been having crazy dreams out here um but i've just been realizing how close like the dream part of my brain is to the memory part of my brain is because they keep coming back to me like flashes like almost like memories they're almost like dreams kind of um i keep remembering like very odd specific moments from like childhood like the rug in the living room like things like little little things like that i have an intense desire to watch the first 15 seasons of the simpsons like a lot of like nostalgic things <laughs> like i don't know uh, maybe. Is, that's really interesting what do you think that's about i think it's about kind of putting my kind of pressing reset like i feel like i'm kind of going <clears throat> i feel like i'm like emptying out a lot of like junk in my trunk or something like i've just like had these memories and had stuff floating around and just walking out it just cleans you it just cleans your brain <laughs> you know it does it scrubs those things it scrubs the insides of it out like the walls of it out and it and i think that that happens i have crazy dreams when i'm on the trail too mm-hmm. and um and it's and i think for me like i won't dream tonight but right. um but when i when i camp and, and when i'm well especially when i'm in the back country so much comes up and for me at least a lot of like um a lot of the heavier stuff comes up i don't necessarily want to go watch the simpsons like a lot of the for me a lot of like the shit that i was not dealing with <laughs> will come up in my dreams yeah any like and not i'm not asking you to you know share details but like ha- have you had a similar experience oh yeah i was out here and i was my dream was i was going down an escalator with a bunch of people and there's this song by i think it's cigarettes right the icelandic band mm-hmm. uh, and that one famous song i mean the, the the most famous song they have the one that goes like Ooh, you know that what i'm talking about mm-hmm. yeah that's yeah. loudspeaker and there's this glass window and on the other side i see like a four-year-old version of myself and like overalls like waving at me and like smiling and like seems happy but like in my escalator it's going down uh and that song is playing i'm like crying because i for some reason i'm like it's so beautiful like the song and like my little innocent self and like this whole i don't know and i woke up and i was like whoa and i thought a lot about it and i was like you know i'm gonna take this as like my inner child is like really happy with what i'm doing <laughs> wow. in terms of spending my days walking around the forest you know um because yeah i keep having these honestly i keep having these dreams where i'm like crying really hard um and sometimes i wake up and it's really heavy but a lot of times i wake up and it's like i feel a kind of release um and i'm like okay think this is good <laughs> lots of feelings <laughs> yeah that sounds like catharsis and yeah it, it is that similar so when that kind of thing comes up um mm-hmm. is that something you translate then into song usually usually yeah usually definitely i would kind of like try to take that energy that little ocean of emotion and push it towards a song but here that's why i said i'm kind of hurting a little bit because i can't um i can't really i need the guitar i need like the physical object of the six strings like i can i can sing do 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 all i want but it's not like you know it's not like my music (laughs) yeah can you get a hold of a guitar like when you're when you're you come i mean every however many miles or so you're going to come to a town so can you i know you're on a on a schedule but um that's the thing is like these towns i thought i thought really it was going to be like like i remember 
a lot there's a lot of talk on the first couple hundred miles of like damascus trail town usa and or harper's ferry or whatever these towns like <laughs> they're usually like a thousand people they're usually like a gas station and like a general store <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh, there i haven't seen one music store this whole time interesting uh, yeah i emailed one i emailed company k loss or something one of these ones that makes like a travel guitar it's like a polycarbon fiber deal and i was like hey like i'm a musician like got some instagram followers like want to give me a free guitar <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. we got brand thank you <laughs> it's like dang <laughs> yeah you don't know until you ask though yeah exactly um there's a i for, i always forget the name of the town that dartmouth is in but it's up in oh, Hanover. yeah yeah that place they were like we felt like posers because we were only doing four days or whatever and right. they but they were just like showering us with gifts they were oh, just like yeah. <laughs> they were just like, do you need a shower? Do you want, you know, laundry? Here's a donut. And like, we only did like 20 miles. And, and they go, it's fine. You're a hiker. Welcome. And, and when you came off the, because the trail goes basically right through town. Mm. So when you, when you come off the trail, there's people sitting outside, like cheering you on. There's like coolers full of drinks. Hopefully that's your experience. That was our experience. Maybe COVID's different, but that was the experience where people were just like tossing you waters like you were a, like an NFL star or something. It sounds great. Yeah. So there's a little hope for you. There's a little something to look forward to. That little stretch is awesome anyway. It's so intense, but it's like, it's just, it is, it's magical. It really is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> well, man, I, I don't want to keep you cause I know you you've been hiking and you've given me more than I could possibly ask for. I, I want to thank you again for wander kid. It's such a wonderful record. I'm so excited for my copies copies to arrive. <laughs> um, and I've been spreading the word. I just figured out you were on Twitter. I thought you weren't on Twitter, so I'll be tagging oh, yeah. you now. Finally. <laughs> Sorry about that. I've been singing the praises of your music and not tagging you, but I got you now, man. And, uh, <laughs> um but yeah be safe and continue to have you know have fun and get to know yourself and i'm i I can't tell you how much i've enjoyed this conversation this was just this was so wonderful hell yeah man me too i love your national t-shirt thanks dude this was uh, (laughs) the show was in the saint augustine amphitheater and courtney barnett opened and it was just the raucous raucous amazing beautiful time i love courtney barnett man she's so great and i that was my first time seeing the national and i just what a show i just i mean those guys just bring it he's like running out with this this giant cord with his microphone he's halfway up the stands and just everything that you wanted from the national happened that day and at the st augustine amphitheater which is adjacent to anastasia state park and so you can camp at anastasia state park this beautiful park right on the water right on the uh, on the uh, atlantic ocean and walk over and then there's courtney barnett and the national it's just no, really, really fond memory that's awesome yeah <laughs> all right man well get you some good sleep and um have a have a wonderful day tomorrow hiking dude thank you man thanks for everything <laughs> my pleasure talk to you soon all right sounds great bye JW Francis, y'all. Thank you so much, JW. Thank all of you for listening. JWFrancis.com for all things JW. MarinadePodcast.com for all things The Marinade, including written pieces, photography, our online store, and more. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Give us a follow and a five-star rating on your podcast app. Make sure you're subscribing over there. These are all free ways to support the show. If you really like what we're doing, please consider joining our Patreon community, where for just a few bucks a month, you can gain access 
access to Patreon-exclusive content like our show, Jason's Journey, where I talk about the moments that shape my creative life and provide a, a window into the process of making the marinade. Sometimes we even get together for Patreon happy hours. A few weeks ago, we dropped a very special Jason's Journey with songwriter and podcaster Will Payne Harrison. Will and I chatted for a while about podcasting and life. Uh, you can hear that conversation at patreon.com slash podcast for as little as $5. It's a good time. Come join us if you can. If not, just all those freeways make such a big difference. Above all, thank you so much for listening and for spreading the word about the marinade. All right, y'all, this is normally the time where I tell you what I'm getting down on, the art that is inspiring me at the moment. I'm going to switch it on you a little this time. What I'm getting down on for this episode is available for free on our Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. In its place, I'm reintroducing a segment called Review Under Two. It's a review of a record that has me excited in under two minutes. Our review for this episode is Nathan Bell's Red, White, and American Blues, It Can Happen Here. The novel It Can't Happen Here by Sinclair Lewis was published in the 1930s. It tells the story of Berzelius Buzz Windrup, a demagogue who is elected as president of the United States and subsequently seizes authoritarian power. Windrup's in over his head, he's an unlikely populist juggernaut, and he's just not smart enough to hold the job. Sound familiar? Almost feels like it can, in fact, happen here, doesn't it? Like its partial namesake, Nathan Bell's Red, White, and American Blues, It Can Happen Here, is an unfortunately timeless piece of art, necessary in its import, heartbreaking in its relevance. Written over the course of several years and delayed in its release by the COVID-19 pandemic, Red, White, and American Blues has a transportative quality. The tension of recording in 2019, a stress that is often forgotten due to subsequent events, feels immediately present to the listener. While the record feels like 2019, it also feels like 2015 and 2021 and the 1930s because Nathan Bell lives in the present and he has lived. Lived in the sense of raised a family, lived in the sense of worked a nine to five job, lived in the sense of come home from work and put on the ball game, in the sense of read all the books and listened to all the records. He has a poet's eye within every man's heart. Red, white, and American blues, it can happen here, is the self-aware expression of a life well-lived. It is what every songwriter seeks, an honest expression of where we've been and where we are now. The album is musically sparse, which allows Bell's command of storytelling and imagery to shine. Bell takes on America's gun obsession twice. Buzz Winship come to life, Donald Trump, and more that ails this country. He also celebrates everyday folks, pays respects to his late father, and examines mortality with an optimistic eye. Red, White, and American Blues, It Can Happen Here, would be a powerhouse of a record if the vocals were bells alone. But the contributions of Aubrey Sellers, Regina McCrary, and Patty Griffin take songs that stand on their own two feet and launch them into rarefied air. The collapse of a free society can and very well may happen here, but it won't happen for lack of artists like Nathan Bell turning a critical eye on American society. That's your review under two for Red, White, and American Blues. It Can Happen Here by Nathan Bell. Y'all, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, go out and create something. Cheers, y'all.